I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Wednesday. Fred Van Vliet, 54 points. Now, longtime listeners of the show know Fez is going to have something to say about this. It's the most ever by an undrafted free agent. You know, that includes Moses Malone. Sammy Watkins practices, now likely to play. The betting market responds. Over-under for yards was 32. It's up to 37. I'll have a best bet in the first segment on that prop. Market update. Kansas City favored by three. The total drops just a smidge. The sharper books are now at 55 and a half. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. We, baby, I'm R.J., live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation, live on a Wednesday. Steve Fazek in studio. Steve, how you feeling? I am feeling great. I was running around ramming and jamming, betting props today. Ramming and jamming, like the wrestler, baby. You got a little figurehead. You're trying to trade for you know <laughs> illicit things. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their bodies. Now, we're the pros. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got haircut COVID scares at Super Bowl 55. We've got more rumors around quarterbacks in the NFL potentially on the move. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? I want to start, it's Wednesday, and we got to think about if this was a normal Super Bowl week, the different press events, the different days, what they represent. And I think Wednesday's the day before it feels like the game's close. So I want to take a step back and talk about how good these teams are, how good the quarterbacks are, because I'm going to make a point, which is if you think Brady is in the same universe at this point, as Mahomes, you probably got to like the Bucks in this game. And I think that comparison is going to be very interesting. So let's take an overview look at these teams. Yeah, and it's a Super Bowl 55 this Sunday. Obviously, we've been breaking it down all week. Still, the line has not budged. It's Kansas City minus three on pregame.com. But the big matchup, Tom Brady for Tampa versus Patrick Mahomes, the defending Super Bowl champ. You know, they could do an entire day at broadcasting school, what Jonas just did. <laughs> because I actually, you know, I didn't really tell him what the topic was. And he kind of looks at me and squints. And then, he, like, without missing a beat, he goes through <laughs> the game. And then he kind of ducks in at the end about the quarter. I'm serious, Jonas. A plus, baby. A plus. All right. So, <laughs> let's think about this. And you know what made me think about it? I was listening to a podcast or something. I heard him say, And I like that team because they have the best quarterback of all time. And then it dawned on me, and I'm like, I'm not sure who they're talking about. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Because I think that this isn't even a debate. 
Brady, if you look at history, as in his accomplishments, his overall contribution, he's the GOAT. He's the greatest quarterback of all time, greatest football player of all time. Also, it seems a vast majority of smart people say the highest level of play any quarterback has ever reached is Mahomes. Would you, do, would you strongly debate either of those points, that, that Brady has the best career of any football player, at any quarterback ever, and Mahomes has reached the highest level of play? If we were going to say, let's put it in a time capsule, who's the best player quarterback to ever play? Wouldn't it be Mahomes at some point in the last year or two? Oh, absolutely. And you just look at his body of work over the last three years. Yeah, but it's not body of work. It's the opposite, right? What we're saying is that at any given – now, we can debate, was Nick Foles in the Super Bowl on a given play? That So, you know, I hear your point. Maybe we say over the course of a year, right? Whatever year that is, who has ever played quarterback better than Mahomes over a 12-month period – what do you think, Jonas? I mean, the, the one that I could say you could make an argument, but I, I would still take Mahomes as Peyton Manning in Denver. Mm-hmm, regular mm-hmm. season, he put up monster numbers. Brady had the one year in 2007 when he connected with Randy Moss. I think he threw 50 touchdowns or something like that. But Mahomes is on the short list of great quarterback performances in a short period of time in the history of the game. And I think what you're saying is reasonable people could kind of make another case, but a majority is going to make the case of Mahomes in the playoffs, six and one straight up, 34 points a game he's generated. But it's also the eye test. Fez, what do you think? Now, as you kind of, you know, not the body of work, but as much the high point. You got Mahomes one? Number one, and he does things that no other quarterback has ever been able to do. Not supposed to throw across your body down the field. Eh, Patrick Mahomes can do it, and he can do it effectively. And I think you make a good point that Steve Fezzik and R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas is the idea that he has something for everyone. If you're an analytics person, he's got great analytics. If you're an eye test person, he's got that. If you're a youngster, the Instagram generation, he's got those plays. Obviously, he's super popular for a reason, but in this case, it's legitimate. Oftentimes, in the NBA especially, there's been players that had a ton of attention that were good, but not great. And I think that hurt the league, right? When Jordan Kobe gets the attention, they're great, and they get the attention. Mahomes, I think, is in that category. Okay. Now, how much better is Mahomes today expected for this upcoming game So, Fez, you do the numbers. What's your Mahomes number versus Brady? Just give me the net difference. Three and a half. Wow. Wow. That's huge. So, I'm not saying it's wrong. So, give me a quarterback. Take a minute on your list, and I'm going to get Jonas' thought. Give me a quarterback that's three and a half points better than his backup. All right? Jonas, my question to you, how much do you think Mahomes is better than Brady today? (sighs) I don't know if it's that much. Um Because I'm thinking about how they've played recently, and you can argue that Brady over a certain stretch of time has had better performances than Mahomes. Well, that's interesting. See, I would make the case that Brady has played, if you take the three games of the playoffs so far, it might be hard to find another three games I think Brady's played worse, meaning he's he's done enough to win, but multiple interceptions. But interceptions don't tell the whole story, but... Hmm. So I agree with you. I think three and a half is a bit much. But, but let me ask you, what what was it in the recent Brady performances? Because obviously the interceptions are bad. What was it that had you more uh, positive about them than maybe others? 
Well, one, he finished the games. Mahomes didn't, fi- Mahomes didn't finish one of those games. So Brady's finished all these games. He's mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. had to go on the road to do so in, in all of these games. And if you look at how he's performed and how they've played since the bye week, the late bye week like we've talked about. If I you agree. That's that, a key demarcator. Yeah. And if you took that window, I would be curious to see how the numbers break down, his numbers against Mahomes from that point of the season. Because I would argue Tampa Bay finished up the season much better and has been playing playing much better football for a longer period of time than Kansas City has as we pointed out they have you know Buffalo was the first time they'd cover the spread since I think November 1st we had talked about so that's yeah I, listen you're making such a key point let's take a minute and shine a light on it that's Jonas Knox we're straight out of Vegas so Brady and the Bucks got to buy week 12 since then there's been seven games for the Bucks seven games for the Chiefs Bucks have scored 34.3 points a game Chiefs 26.4. Okay. Now, that's arbitrary. We're obviously start. We're not arbitrary for Tampa Bay. It was a buy. That's the idea. They put some New England stuff in. They were able to recalibrate almost like a halftime adjustment in the season. I would say the following. We got two teams here that if you just look at their season numbers, you're not getting the whole story. With Tampa Bay, it's that demarcator, the buy, Brady, and Bruce Arians, their debates about how much of the old stuff, how much of the new stuff. And by all accounts, there's more New England in the Bucks post-buy. And the team's been better, no doubt. Kansas City, on the other hand, and McKenzie, pregame.com research, get that number ready regarding when it's a competitive game, because we'll use this as an example, is Kansas City is probably the first team I've seen, and I've been a skeptic of it, that seems to turn it on and off in the NFL. We've seen it in the NBA. You can see it in other sports. But the NFL is vicious. If you just drop 5%, you get run over. Yes. Think about Jimmy. What was the difference between those Cowboy teams that won two Super Bowls in the early 90s and then Jimmy Johnson left and they won one more in a poorly officiated game against the Steelers is that team after the second Jimmy Johnson Super Bowl won one more. We can talk about Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, they won one Super Bowl after, and they were young after that second win. Young. I mean, like, I think Aikman was like 24. So if you would have said, how many Super Bowls is Emmett Smith, uh, Aikman, Irvin, you would have said well, over under one and a half, you would have went over through the roof. Right? It's going to be analogous here if they win a second. Right? If we, I said over under for Mahomes one and a half after winning this game Sunday, you'd go over, right? I think it's right. One uh, half. Then, then let's make a contingent bet right now. Thousand bucks. <laughs> it, it, it only happens if uh, Kansas City wins, and then from there we have a thousand dollar bet. Will Mahomes win two or more? If so, from there. If so I win. If not, you win. This is a shrewd bet by you because if you win, you're going to win in like five years, and if I win, I'm not going to collect till oh, no, that's tires. a very valid point. That's a very. We'll debate that one, and after the break. But listen, you're not getting out of it because of that. Uh, that's Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. See, that's the beauty of this show. And <laughs> if you've a long-time listener, you know this, is if you're willing to say it, you better be willing to bet it. Because there's nothing worse than blah, blah, blah. And someone goes, you want to bet? Uh, no, um, <clears throat> actually, my money's in bonds. No, 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 no. It doesn't work <laughs> that way here, Fez. We'll see if you stand up or not. Okay. So if you look at 
that difference. And the reason we got off on the Cowboys was they had the same players. They had they were Hall of Famers and Nate Newton and the line, that line. They just didn't have that last bit of fire. Whatever it was, that last bit of fire. And they won, you know, won, but that's it. So Kansas City somehow has said, we don't need that fire. We can win. We won't win by margin, but we're going to win. We might not be showing you the really strong plays because we don't need to show you those tricky plays. And people that watch the X's and O's tell me that Kansas City in high leverage spots in the red zone has plays that you've never seen before. Meaning it's not like, oh, they ran that six months ago. It's like uh, Andy Reid has one-time plays ready just for high leverage spots in the red zone. I don't know how many other coaches are doing that because they're able to win without using their best stuff in certain spots. I'm still skeptical, but if you look at how good Kansas City has been with Mahomes when they play a competitive team, so let's define that. So, McKenzie, when we did the work, what was the line criteria for a competitive game? The Chiefs were not favored by six or more. Now, did that, if it was a playoff game, was it competitive no matter what? Yes. Okay. So, all playoff games are counted. Other games that the Chiefs were not favored by six or more. Right? That's a great definition. And you come into the game favored by seven, yeah, it's competitive, but you're a clear favorite. Favored by five, mm, it's a tight game. And how, what's Mahomes' stats per? Now, we did one other thing. When the game got out of hand, when we see Kansas City slow way down, right, and teams come back, we don't count those stats. We only count when the game is super competitive or, or competitive during the game. So, Mahomes, how many games does this encompass? 25 games since he first became a starter in 2018. All right, so 25 games that meet the criteria of like the Super Bowl game. How, how many yards per game did he accomplish? If you look at his pro-rated per competitive quarter, 370 yards per game, 70 yards higher than his average during that time. I mean, it really shows. Again, yards aren't the only measure, but it shows you. Now, could they do that all the time? No, because they wouldn't have these plays that no one's ever seen. But So in a way, they're saying we don't need it, typically, Kansas City, and it's going to make us even better. I'm thinking it makes them worse because they're losing their edge by not fighting hard all the time. Maybe they're better in these spots. Because they've saved the good stuff, the plays, the tricks. Thoughts, right? Yeah, and they already are so creative with the playmaking. The first time these two teams played early in the game in the red zone, Kelsey threw a pass to Mahomes. So plays like that might be coming. So Kansas City, because they do seem to play differently in different spots, competitive games, competitive situations within them, they are shockingly good. Tampa Bay, because... First year, new quarterback, COVID. And now we got McKenzie warmed up. Take a minute and as I'm talking. And we had a stat regarding how teams tend to do when they change quarterbacks and how much of a detriment that is for the first season. And I, you know, obviously the analogy is going to be how did Tampa Bay do this year versus other teams changing quarterbacks over the last X years. We'll get to that in a second. But it's amazing that Tampa's done so well. And it kind of makes sense as to wait later in the year because they've evolved as a team. And the bye coming when it did, it makes it perfect. Jonas's point is such a good one. Tampa Bay's been better since that bye. Do you have that data? Yeah, so the last five years, compared to their season average, quarterbacks on a new team have underperformed by a half a win per game per, or per season. So we were looking at the season-long over-under wins. And how many teams fall in that category? 
35 over the last five years. All right, so we got 35 teams with a new quarterback, and on average, a half a game below. Now, people are saying half. What's that? Fez, how important is that? Yeah, so that's 17 points over the course of a season. So a, a win is about... Um, 35. Th- one win or a half a win? One win is 35 points. Yeah, so you're saying that you just start the season because you got a new quarterback. History says you're going to score 17 less points. Yes. And Tampa not only met the average, but obviously far exceeded it because they had, what, nine and a half wins and they won 11. Mm-hmm. That's so, right. So think about it. They're supposed to win a half game less and they win a game and a half more. I'm not saying, oh, my God, it's the most – I'm saying, in general, the bias was against Tampa this year, and the theory was they would get better as the season went on. They have gotten better as the season went on. So I think if you look at their season stats for Tampa, you're wrong. Do you think that – so their bye week was week 13. The team they played before their bye week, before they went on this run, was Kansas City. Do you think there was something to – they saw how they how they matched up against Kansas City. They saw what the best in the league looked like, and let's get into the bye week and figure out how we can get to that level. And maybe it was that Chiefs game that kind of pushed Tampa in this direction and got them on this run to begin with. You know, that's a, a very interesting point because I would make the case that's part of it blended in with there was just general dissatisfaction with Tampa's performance. Yeah, I mean, if you actually look at those games right before Kansas City, lost to the Rams. I, so I agree. I think this. I think to whatever degree they said, let's change. I mean, if they were undefeated, they probably wasn't weren't going to change very much, right? So I, I think that Kansas City showed them not only aren't you the best team in the league when they're playing hard, you, you're not even in the same universe. Now I tell you, there's two ways to look at that though, and this is another complexity in this game. I'm RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas. You could make the case Kansas City had them when they were trying, and they quit trying and let them back in it, but they still won. They had the game in hand. That's one take. The other take could be, huh, Kansas City had one plan. Tampa had trouble with it. Tampa adjusted, and after they adjusted, they shut down the offense of Kansas City, and they dominated offensively against Kansas City. Because if you because Fez pull the Fez magic of you can make anything <laughs> sound like anything. Couldn't you make the case, hey, if we were going back in time and – Tampa doesn't know what they know now and all the assumptions. Yeah, Tampa's better. But we're today. And after today, what we've seen in the last three quarters is, and Tampa's been a ton better, right? Yes. And that's really not a crazy way to look at it. And the point of demarcation post by makes a lot of logical sense. As you mentioned, COVID year, new quarterback. But now you're, again, literally making the opposite point. So think about it. They played before the bye, correct? Yes. You're talking about things that happened after the bye. I'm saying the demarcator could be the buy, which we discussed a few minutes ago. So if you had a time machine, you could have went back and discussed it there. <laughs> but here we're saying, if you actually look at the game before, right, it was Kansas City, that if you split that game in half, the first, you know, maybe not half, the first 40% of it, Kansas City dominated. And from there, Tampa dominated. So which of the two do you take more seriously, the thing that happened first or the thing that happened most recently? All things being equal, usually take the thing that happens more recently, right? Exactly. But you do see it's unrelated to the buy, correct? I do. You know, Jonas, we have these talks, and we actually do it sometimes as fun. Is like Fez, we'll have Fez talk and doing a voice like, uh, it would be like someone saying, I love Christmas. And then Fez will go, you know, March 12th is a great day. It's a, there's like no connection at all. And sometimes it's actually inversely related. Like you might talk about Hanukkah. Or, I mean, it's like completely inverse. Why do you think that is? Do you, see, do, you, do you know it when it's happening? I do now. 
You know, Tyreek Hill did go oh, for well, like. Yeah, let's. That's, yeah, to, to your, your point. To your, to your point. <laughs> Tyreek Hill went for like 150 yards in the first quarter when they first met. Okay, so that's the question. Was that before or after the bye? That was before the okay. bye. But that's the question. Is is that a sign that they said, Hill, you've done enough, relax? Or was that a sign that they figured out, or that Kansas City would have said that, or Tampa figured out how to stop them? Because in general, if a team won three straight games, then played three more and lost, let's say it's a six-game series or seven-game series in the NBA. If one team wins three straight games, the other team wins the next three, who do you like in the game seven? The team that's on the three-game win streak. You would think so, right, if home field wasn't an issue. Well, in that theory, Kansas City dominated early against Tampa. Tampa dominated late. But the other side is, well, Kansas City stopped trying. Sure. This is complex stuff, guys, and it's why this is a great Super Bowl. And as we explained, it could be, probably is, the greatest quarterback of all time historically and the greatest quarterback of all time when heights is right now, okay, with Mahomes. When we come back, we're going to break down the teams and make the case if Mahomes isn't way better, Tampa should be favored in this game. When he's R.J. Bell, I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to preview Super Bowl 55 Vegas style. What a first segment. That was one of our best, I think. If you haven't, if you are just tuning in, check out the podcast. We really broke down, I mean, to me, a fascinating number of ways where I could play six different characters and give a different handicap in the game and literally each one have a valid point and really deciding what is pertinent, which games matter and which parts of games matter is the key to the Super Bowl because when you look at the matchup of the rosters which we're going to do now oh man is it shocking, Brady is the only big problem for the Bucks. that's almost hard to imagine, great day to join us Fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio you're listening to. And our audience has doubled in the last year plus because of you. We thank you so much for the support. We're going to keep fighting, continue, finish the best football season yet, and then go to the, well, I don't know, be the best March Madness. It'll be a good one. Could be the best one. That's going to be fascinating with the venues and stuff. Eh? You can listen, as I said, by podcast. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas right here in Vegas on the Strip. 72 degrees, the perfect temperature. It used to keep the Astrodome 72. The neon is flowing. RJ, we've talked about the quarterbacks, the GOAT, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, the current number one quarterback in the NFL. And now it comes down to the teams, other than the quarterback, how these teams match up. Yeah, this is fascinating. So let's set Brady and Mahomes off to the side. As we said, Mahomes, probably the highest heights any quarterback have ever reached. Brady, the greatest career of any quarterback or football player. Okay. Let's just look at defense because it's going to be simple. We did some analysis and the defense versus Tampa versus Kansas City. And we just looked at football outsiders. We looked at EPA, did a blend, a beautiful blend. And Tampa Bay has the sixth best defense in the NFL. Kansas City has the 18th best defense in the NFL. 
So top six, number six for Tampa. Bottom half of the league, number 18 for Kansas City. So, so far, Fez, how many points? This would be, we'll build a spread as we go. How many points would you save? All you knew about a game was one defense is 18, one defense is six. What's the spread? Tampa Bay minus three. I can see that. So right now, Tampa should be a three-point favorite. Now, let's look at playmakers, and we're going to blend them all together. I'm going to make the case that they're even. All right? So obviously on Tampa, we got Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, and we'll see about Brown's health. You got Gronk, but Gronk's age. All right? On the other hand, you got, you know, probably the best receiver in football, Tyreek Hill. You got Watson, who is now going to probably going to be hindered a little bit. I'm going to have a prop bet on him here in a minute. And you got Kelsey. Now, listen, no doubt Kelsey. Now, that's the question. Is Kelsey actually better than Evans? I would make the case that if it was just Tyreek Hill and Kelsey, they're better than Evans and Godwin. You add in Brown, you add in Gronk, but you also add in the running backs. And Fez, in production, you had an interesting comment about how much better you think Tampa's running backs are. Yeah, I think Tampa clearly has the two best running backs. Fournette is playing fantastic ball. Ronald Jones is a solid number one. And you compare that, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the best running back for Kansas City. He's not even 100%. And obviously, Le'Veon Bell is not the Le'Veon Bell. The formerly the artist formerly known as Le'Veon Bell <laughs> So, to me, and I'll get Jonas's thoughts, you could kind of say a little bit, in general, playmakers even. What do you think? Yeah, because the argument for Tampa is going to be depth, and the argument for Kansas City is at the high point, which is Kelsey does something no other tight end in the league can do, and Tyreek Hill does something no other wide receiver in the league can do. But after that, it's, you know, they're very talented, but it's not the same. Tampa feels like they're more loaded across the board, like they got much more depth. Before I give you my Watkins best bet, we had some sound, and it's from the Man to Man podcast, and it has two former players on it uh, Bertha and uh, Darius Butler's on it. And this is about, you know, 40 seconds, but these guys have played recently. And they explain, and it's Butler talking the most here, explains just what makes Tyreek Hill not only the best receiver, but unlike any receiver we've ever seen in the NFL. Let's listen. Bro, I've never been on the field with somebody who was that quick and fast. Like, usually it's like one or the other. Like, all right, this dude will burn here for two guy, but he can't really get in and out of breaks. He can't really hezzle you, do you like that? Or, mm-hmm. you know, he's a West Walker type where he can't really fly by. This dude got both. Both. And I think that's exactly right. And maybe that's not the way I should say it because I'm feeling it's right because they're saying it and it's making sense to me. The funny thing is I heard Lombardi say the same thing for the first time about three days ago. So what I mean is I hear it from two different sources I trust. And again, former players that have podcasts, sometimes it's not great to listen to, but you can get, you know, and I'm not saying this one isn't, but it's like there's some great info in there because they got a perspective we don't. We can sit here and act like we understand because we played high school football or whatever, or as you once watched football in high school, but we don't know. Yeah, and it's not straight line speed necessarily. I mean, Hill has that, but we saw that against Buffalo. When he went ahead and caught the ball in short passes, it was amazing how quick he was cutting back across the field, making huge gains off of short passes. So what you're saying is Hill is both fast, straight line speed, and quick. 
<laughs> Amazingly so. You got that, Janice? I got it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> hey, at least it's on topic. I mean, if you were talking about swimming, Michael Phelps, man, he was good. <laughs> we're straight out of Vegas. Okay, so Hill's great. But even so, I don't think that the playmakers from either side have a big advantage. I think Jonas agrees. Do you agree? I agree. So the line stays straight? Yes. Okay. O-line and then quarterback. Okay. I don't know about in some platonic ideal what I know about today coming into the Super Bowl, Kansas City's O-line's beat up like crazy. And the thing to remember is, and this is vital to remember, that it's not – you can always account – you can compensate – for one limitation. So there's a, I read something recently where there was a great tackle and he had never had the tight end to chip for him, right? So the tight end will come over and chip the, the rush at, and he would walk by and was hearing that call with another lineman. He goes, what is that? And they were like, he's never heard it before. He's never been taught it because he doesn't need anyone to ever protect, help him protect, right? Well, if you have a second string tackle in, you can create formations that protect him, that help him. Right? It's like if you're carrying a big piece of furniture, if one guy's got a hurt leg, the theory is you can bring a second guy over to help. But you only have so many second guys. You can't protect on the left and the right. right? And that's why I think having two tackles out is such a big deal, deal for Kansas City. More than just one. It's two plus two. Or minus two plus minus two equals minus five. Right? It's more than just the loss individually. And because of that, I think Tampa has a clear edge at O-line. Does anyone disagree? No. No. All right. So let's call it a point. I mean, it could be more. So now it should be a four-point favorite, Tampa. Now let's think about this. Who is there any home team here? Oh, there's Tampa. <laughs> so what are you giving home here? Three-quarters of a point. All right. So we're looking at now almost a five-point favorite for Tampa Bay, with the exception being, the only exception being, the quarterbacks. Now, Fez, you said three and a half. Mahomes better. Let's say, and Jonas thought it was a little high. I thought maybe a little high. Let's say you're right. Tampa should still be favored under our analysis. What's going on? It's a compelling no, analysis. No, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying that's the conclusion. I'm saying to get to Kansas City, even the line being right at three, three and a half, what must be the assumption? That experience matters. More experience than Tom Brady? Exactly. So I. What do you think, Jonas? What, what's going on here? I, I think this is, I don't know if recency bias is the right term, but because we've seen Kansas City do this and we've seen them do it last year, I, I feel like there's a little bit of Kansas City's got this allure of one of these great teams trying to go back to back. They just did it. They're the best team in football. So what you're and, saying is you think the line's wrong. Like if you're if you're explaining why the market's where it's at, but you're if you're right, you're saying it shouldn't be there. Well, that's I've thought it was a little strange myself that they're a three point favorite, and in essence, it's a road game, which makes me wonder how much of a home field advantage is the, is this mm-hmm. for Tampa Bay if that's the case. I can give you the answer to this. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. You can have, listen to the show as always on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Jonas, you've been married about six months. Let me give you a little tip from a veteran. <laughs> if you're out late, let's say you're supposed to be home at 1, 
and it's three in the morning, you're at the club. Yeah. At that point, you're in trouble anyway. You might as well finish and have a good time. Because if you yeah. go home, you're, you're short, shorting yourself a good time, and you're still in trouble. Agreed. Well, I've been saying I was going to give this Watkins prop for about 10 minutes, 20 minutes. So the people that's mad at that, they're mad. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, I'm going to explain to you why this line is right with Kansas City and Tampa, even though everything says Tampa should maybe be favored. And no doubt, 100% guarantee, going to give you the best bet on Watkins over under yards. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time next here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., we've been breaking down and previewing Super Bowl 55 and discussing where the point spread is at. And you believe, as the voice of Vegas, that Kansas City actually is the right side. Well, I think the line is justifiable. First, Jonas, are are we getting this tape ready to go for the uh, Radio Hall of Fame? (laughs) Because I think this is one we might want to submit because this has been a hell of a show. And if you haven't heard the whole thing, check out the podcast. But as we said last segment, if you actually look at it, defensively, Tampa, number six, KC, number 18. Fez says, hey, that's a three-point spread he'd make it if we only knew those facts. That'd be Tampa favored by three. We looked at the playmakers, running backs, receivers, tight ends. We can debate it, but it's pretty close to even. Okay, still minus three. We look at the O-line because of the injuries and such, a tackle specifically for Kansas City. We're giving a point to Tampa, clearly better O-line. Now it's four. We're giving almost a point for home field advantage. Now it's five. Wait a minute, Tampa minus five? The only difference is Mahomes versus Brady. The GOAT now, or the GOAT of all-time high performance, Mahomes, versus the GOAT on career performance, Brady. As you said, three and a half points better for Mahomes. Okay, let's accept it. Still, Tampa would be favored. What's going on? Here's what's going on. It's 2021. And in 2021, in the modern NFL, defense doesn't matter all that much. Doesn't matter how good you are. It's like, think of it like this. is If you lost the competition, if someone made one free throw out of ten, you can kind of think of a bunch of ways to make him decrease his number of three, three throws. Maybe the sun put up a bank board in one spot, something. You could do all But in, the bar is so low, nothing you do is going to stop a, a pro from making one out of ten free throws. Well, in football now, look at the bad quarterbacks that put up yards. It's like it's so easy to throw. Your defense doesn't matter all that much. Right? If you actually looked at the playoff teams, they were all the best offensive teams. And just coincidentally, a few had good defense. All right. But if defense does matter to whatever degree, against the pass, defending the pass matters so much more than defending the run. So, yeah, we said Tampa was number six defensively, but they're number 10 against the pass, number one against the run. So they're really good, Tampa is, on defense against what doesn't matter much anymore. Mm. Now you look at the Kansas City defense, 
They're number 18. But against the pass, they're 14. Against the run, they're 26. So if you just look against the pass, Tampa's 10, KC's 14. They're pretty close, even though it seems like a blowout if you look at defense as a whole. Then you flip to the other side. Kansas City has the best passing attack, at least on paper. They were right up there statistically. And Tampa, not as good. And Tampa's goodness has something to do with running, not as much with Kansas City. So if you look at all stats, act like it was 2010, Tampa should be favored in this game. And you know what? This applies when it comes to plays, too. Whereas the first down running at Tampa, it's old school football. Andy Reid's in his 60s, but he's, he plays it new school. So you've got a coaching matchup, old school versus new school. If you teleported someone from 2005 to today, he's going to be betting Tampa Bay like it's going out of style. Today's Sharps are probably more on Kansas City. What do you think, Jonas? And then we'll do our best bet. No, I think it's a, I think it's a good point. That's always been Tampa. The last two years is at the number one rush defense. Last year they didn't make the playoffs, and and this year their defense struggled at times against certain teams. So yeah, it is. It does seem like a little bit of an antiquated stat or category. Ooh, when antiquated it comes to today's NFL. So all right, it's best bad time. Come on, baby, eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> We're going to go over yardage, Sammy Watkins. Over 37 is a fair number to grade it at. Best bet from RJ. And here's why. It's simple. Tyreek Hill embarrassed Tampa. You can't be a coordinator that wants a head coaching job, a second chance at it, and think that Tyreek Hill is going to put up another 170 and you're going to be okay, that no one's going to blame you. So they're going to do whatever it takes to stop Tyreek Hill and now what's left? Yeah, we know Kelsey's going to get a lot, and his numbers are high, sky high. My thought is Watkins, if he's even close to healthy, and we got news today that he looks like he is, is going to get a lot of opportunity. And 37 yards ain't that much. 10 seconds, Fez, what do you think? Yeah, I love it because the number three and four wide receivers, Hardman, Pringle, et cetera, just aren't that good for Kansas City. So, so official best bet, R.J. Bell, Watkins, receiving yards over 37. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. It's got a best bet and a deep dive into why this line is where it's at for Super Bowl 55. Check out that podcast at foxsportsradio.com. And we'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, on the iHeartRadio app.